Everything had to be super curated. You know, you were almost trying to create this perfect image all the time, whether it was like product images or model images or whatever it was. And it was really interesting starting to work with Caitlin and seeing how off the cuff she was. She was not PR trained and she would just say things that I would just be like, I can't believe she just said that. Oh my God, what's going to be the backlash? And really seeing that people gravitated towards that. And that's why she blew up. Like that's why they loved her. Welcome back to the Well Now What podcast. I'm your host, Savannah. That clip you just heard was the one and only Cleo de la Lave. You may recognize her as Caitlin Bristow's brand manager. Caitlin was the bachelorette and is the host of her hilarious podcast, Off the Vine. In today's episode, Cleo and I chat about how she wears so many different hats, from being the CEO of Booze Media, to starting a podcast company and a tech startup, to co-founding Spade and Sparrow's Wine and Do Scrunchy. We also talk about how she got into the influencer industry and how she became Caitlin Bristow's brand manager. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. I'm here with Cleo de la Lave. I'm so excited to chat with her today because she's such an inspiring woman who literally does it all. She's the founder of a highly successful digital marketing agency. She runs a tech startup. She's the brand manager of Caitlin Bristow, and together they started a wine company and a scrunchie company. That's just to name a few of the things she's done. What doesn't she do? So Cleo, do you mind sharing your story and also talking about your journey and thought process post-grad? And that really needs to enjoy what they're doing. And so I ended up taking a little bit of time off. I started to think, I'm like, what is it that I really want to do? And I was actually serving at the time and I was talking to a lot of people. Uh, that's actually That was a nice thing about meeting people in so many different industries. And a lot of them would just ask me a lot of questions about where I envisioned going. And when I was talking to a lot of entrepreneurs, I'm like, I, f- I feel like you have that like that you want to start your own thing. So I, at that time, social media was just the beginning of like, it was when Facebook, like Instagram wasn't even around. Um, It was really at at the beginning of the Facebook days. This was 11 years ago. And so I was like, you know, there might be an opportunity here for businesses to be more engaged on social media platforms. There, There were, there wasn't a lot of them yet. And so that's kind of like how the journey started. And it was definitely a challenge at first because I definitely saw the phases that I guess social media marketing went through. Uh, The first phase was definitely like trying to teach. uh, I would go into these meetings and I would have to explain to them what social media was, what the advantages would be. And then it evolved from there. Uh, There was we got into the influencer um, marketing game pretty early at Bouge Media. So that's the name of my digital marketing agent. And we got really lucky and had the opportunity to work with Jillian Harris. And she had been on The Bachelor, became The Bachelorette. Uh, and she's such a hardworking, talented uh, woman. And we were able to work with her. She was starting um, a company called Charlie Ford, and they were selling antiques online. It was such a cool concept. And uh, got to really see how she worked and and see how a show, having a platform like The Bachelorette, really brought so many opportunities and seeing her yeah, capitalize on that and really do something with it that she loved, that she was passionate about, and also that people really resonated with. So how did you start working with Caitlin Bristow? 
And then how did you guys start your scrunchie business and wine company? Lucky enough to be friends with Caitlin Bristow before the show. Um, So she went on to The Bachelor and then became The Bachelorette. And we always knew that she was going to be in entertainment. She was going to be someone who was going to be on TV. And when she was on the show, we're like, this is going to be the perfect platform for you. But she's so creative and outgoing and magnetic, but her background definitely wasn't in business. So I'm like, Hey, like, why don't we get a website created for you? And I think that there could be opportunities for you to, um, to do everything that you've wanted to with like dancing and singing. And now you have a, you'll have a big platform. So she became the bachelorette and then it really took off from there. And I think that her being on the show, people really, really saw how authentic she is and people really related to her realness. And interestingly enough, I feel like I learned so much from her after that because she was so real. Like I think we were stuck in this advertising agency model bubble where everything had to be super curated. You know, you were almost trying to create this perfect image all the time, whether it was like product images or model images or whatever it was. And it was really interesting starting to work with Caitlin and seeing how off the cuff she was. She was not PR trained and she would just say things that I would just be like, I can't believe she just said that. Oh my God, what's going to be the backlash? And really seeing that people gravitated towards that. And that's why she blew up. Like that's why they loved her. Um, So I thought that for me was really interesting. And I carried that authenticity and realness moving forward with for a lot of different uh, parts of just the business. And um, we signed her with a podcasting agency and she started her own podcast off the vine, which again, I think really catapulted her because of that realness and authenticity and people relating to her. And so that's where I started really understanding the power and the influence that podcasts have, but also that connection that the hosts have with their audience. Um, and then from there, we started a scrunchie line called Do Edit. Again, I think that like that wasn't until like three or four years into her coming off the show. And it was something that she really loved. And a lot of people were like, oh, are you going to create like a clothing line? Or a lot of people that were coming off the show were were creating other brands. And, you know, we keep kept talking about it. And she, she would say, like, I don't want to create anything unless it's something that I love and that I I really want, like, think people would love as well. So when we created our scrunchie brand, going back to that authenticity piece, people just, they, they had always seen her wearing scrunchies. So they knew it was something that she was truly passionate about. So the response was so good. And simultaneously, we were already talking about a wine brand. And that's something that Caitlin wanted to do. Like, I mean, that's just been a dream of hers since even before the show. Like she, I truly don't know anyone who loves wine more than, than Caitlin. So it just seemed like such a, a natural fit, a little bit more daunting to go into the wine industry, obviously so many regulations, but that was the next part is called Spade and Sparrows. And then that was obviously so well received too. And again, because it was something that she was very passionate about. Okay, cool. And then how did you start with your podcasting company? Seeing the the power of podcasting, we then recently, about a year and a half ago, started a podcasting agency that's a sister agency to Bouge Media. And um, it's been going really well. We're working with a lot of podcasters around North America. And that's been um, very complimentary to the others, you know, to, I guess, the other services as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So first of all, I love the name of your company, Bouge, like coming from the word bouger, like in French. So I love that. Speak French. 
Yes, I'm half French, so oh, I speak French me too. Oh yeah, yeah. So you're half French, and you're also you're born in Mexico, right? Yes, I'm half Mexican. My dad's Mexican, yes. and my mom's French, so I speak French at home too. Oh, that's awesome. What's your other half? Um, Chinese. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, so I, I I just love your company, and it seems like you wear so many different hats, like you so many different companies. How do you manage all that? Like you must have a large team now at Bouge. Right. Or um, yeah, because you're also managing Caitlin day by day. So how does that work for you? Yeah, I would say that probably like my biggest role and job is um, is managing Caitlin, like in terms of, you know, there's she has so much going on and there's going to be more and more coming like she's just um, crushing it. So that's definitely my priority. And then from there, it's like, I guess the way that you manage it is you really have to have an amazing team. And I'm so fortunate to have a great team. And I guess it's like, I have a great team in every single company. So you have to really trust and rely and know that you're relying on your team. And okay, how to explain it? I think that the best way to explain it is like, you can't be a micromanager. You have to really um, give your employees, you have to empower them to make decisions. And you also have to be real like there might be some mistakes here and there because you can't manage it as much, but as long as they're learning from it and you can go back and evaluate what didn't work, what, and what did work and then move forward from that. I think that that's key because you can't, like, I just can't oversee every single thing, even though sometimes I would love to, but yeah, just a good, strong team all around. Right. And I know that you work often with close friends and family. How do you balance working with friends and family? Do you find it difficult, especially with Caitlin, because you said you guys were friends before? No, I mean, I've always worked with friends and I think it, it goes back to your personality. I think some people are really can work with friends and some people can't. I, I feel like some people, not that they can't, but like it's, it's harder for some people because if you have a personality that's more, I guess, easygoing and you are very straight up from the beginning, I think that it works well. Like it just goes back to like really respecting each other. And then if something does go wrong, it's okay. Like everyone can, can learn from those mistakes and I'm easygoing in that sense. But I also think it's when you work with friends and you pick friends that you know what, like their work ethic and you know that they're going to show up every single day. Like I think there's a bit more of that, uh, that accountability because you know each other then I feel like that's when such great work can come out of it because it's not just about a job. It's about doing things together with the people that you connect with the most. So if you can find that really good balance and you feel like you're a person that doesn't let things interfere with them personally, I think it makes the whole process just so much more enjoyable. And what you're doing with all your companies, is this, do you think this is like your passion? Have you ever stopped and wondered or had like self-doubt, like, oh, is this something that I actually want to do? Do I want to be in media? Do I want to be in marketing? Um, have you ever had those moments like early on when you first started your company? And how did you learn how to deal with that? Yeah, I've definitely asked myself that before. You know, that question that people ask you and, and they ask if you could do anything else other than what you're doing, what would it be? Or what is your dream job? And for me, I can really, truly, honestly say, which I feel so lucky is that I am doing what I want to be doing. Like, it's hard for me to think of something else. From the beginning, I think once I threw myself into it, I didn't question it. I don't think I even allowed myself to question it to see if that's what I truly wanted to do. And I think it's like that's part of just the perseverance of starting a business because it's it's a lot of hard work, especially the big those early years. 
because usually you just don't have as much help. You don't have the capital to hire as many people. So you do have to be wearing different hats and do things that you're not naturally good at. But I I feel like I didn't let myself think about um, doing the tasks that I didn't. It was part of a bigger picture and just keep moving forward. So yeah, I, I feel lucky. I feel like I knew very early on that I loved it. And what's been some of the some of your favorite projects that you've worked on, either with your media company or with Caitlin? Oh, some of my favorite projects. They've all had their times where where it has felt really exciting. I think going back to app that we did, Flock, the, the long distance ride sharing app. Like I remember just seeing it like in the app store and trying it and testing it out and having the first users use the app was something that felt so surreal and just such a huge achievement. I would say for sure the scrunchies in terms of coming up with such different and unique launches all the time and building that community, I think has just been so exciting. And same, same with the wine, right? Like never in a million years did I think that I would ever own part of a wine company. Like that's been also like so exciting and trying the wines and seeing what we think that, you know, people will like at the end of the day, like Caitlin picked her favorites, but it's still like, you still want to think about it being something that everyone likes. Oh yeah. I don't know. There's so many, but I will say like, I think I do enjoy every single day. I feel like it's really important to end the day and think of some of the exciting things and what the wins were from that day. And some like the big and the small sometimes feel just as exciting. Where do you see yourself and kind of your companies maybe in like down the line? Where do you envision yourself? What I really like about the companies right now, I guess under the Bouge umbrella, you know, there's like Bouge Media, Podcast Nation, and we have Caitlin. And then separately, there's the wine and, and the scrunchies. But what I love is seeing how they're all so intertwined and got lucky that obviously starting like a scrunchie brand that's e-commerce online, wine, we only sold online the first year. So, you know, there's so many things that are needed like, that we can do at Bouge Media, whether it's websites, uh, asset creation, social media, advertising. So what I like is just how they're all so intertwined. And I really hope like the as I look in the future, that they all really grow together and keeping that team and that dynamic really strong and um, and everyone working together. We have different goals for all the different companies, but I think that for the scrunchie brand, like, you know, we're trying, we've been testing out new products and that's been really fun and kind of seeing where we can take that and, and growing outside. I think of Caitlin's audience would be great too, like, because there's such good product and good quality that we just want people to to try them and see if it's something that they want to, you know, like build, building that community. And then for the wine, we really want to get into retail. I think that's going to be a big one, especially in Canada, because you can't sell online. Um, but but I, I do think they'll all grow independently, but hopefully still be very connected in different ways. Yeah. So you and Caitlin have created quite a big community now, not just with like the scrunchies, but also with the podcasts and the wine. So how do you guys stay connected to um, the community and how do you do, I guess, just research for products and finding out what the community likes and what they don't like? Yeah. Well, you know what? Caitlin's so good about staying in touch with her, her audience and we do just because we're so in it. Like I definitely 
keep track of what people are talking about, what they're saying. There is a page, like a Facebook page, where a lot of the scrunchy gang members meet up. And it's interesting to see, like, they'll, they're the ones that are at, that will talk about, like, what they're hoping to see. They'll do polls. Um, they even like meet between them like they meet on the page and they'll go and travel somewhere and all meet and and it's nice because then we can reach out to them and ask them like what do you guys talk about like is there anything in the stance of like the product or the brand that we can improve so it's building that authentic community is so valuable and I think we realize that we want to try to ask them as much as possible what they're hoping to see because they are the brand, right? Like they're the ones that keep um, the brand alive and keep it growing. So I would say that, and like Caitlin just likes getting her audience feedback, right? She'll do a lot of Instagram polls or questions. And I think it it would be crazy for us not to use that and, and take advantage of that. And in terms of just learning, um, how did you learn more about like brand and marketing? Was it mostly from school? Did you have any mentors or was it kind of just that you learned as you went? Yeah, for me, I definitely learn as I went. I like getting inspiration. I know what I like and I, I have a style. And I think that's something that helped Bouge along the way is that we had a really clear aesthetic from the get-go. So my sister, Tiffany Collins, she's one of the most talented creatives that I know. And we were so lucky to be able to bring her on at the beginning. She was like an instrumental part of it for the first five years. But I feel like that really was able to, to differentiate what our style was. And then in terms of branding and just marketing in general, we were able to get a lot of inspiration from back then it was like Facebook and Pinterest and a lot of websites and blogs and see what we connected with. And then the more that that like you're in that world and the more that you work with brands and see what their brand is and how, what they want to change and how we can improve it, it just came like with the experience in the years and and just always looking for inspiration. So I guess what would be the biggest risk that you've taken with some of your businesses that ended up succeeding? The first one that comes to mind is, is do, because I think not that I didn't think it was going to do well, you know, I, I mean, you never know until you launch it, but it was throwing myself into something that I had never done before. And we did it quite quickly because we could, you know, we were like, oh, this is a trend. Like we can't wait too long. So I would say that that was a big risk. And also for that, you know, putting my own, um, capital with Caitlin on it. So that was a big risk and it, it, it paid off. I think it was again, a very authentic product, something that was fun. It was very timely and it worked really well. And I think going back to that, I think starting businesses, what I have realized is a big part of whether it succeeds or not is the timely piece. Like getting the time right is so big. Mm -hmm. And just the last question to wrap things up. Do you have any general advice for young entrepreneurs wanting to start their own businesses? And what are some, some of the three things that they need to know when coming into the industry? I would say one of the, the biggest things is if there's, if there's something that you're passionate about and that you really want to do, I would highly encourage you to just say, 
just go into it. I I know one of the the reasons I've been able to start businesses is because I don't hold back. And I, sometimes it's not necessarily always the right thing. I think it's just evaluating the cost and also realizing like, if it doesn't work out, it's going to be okay. Especially if you're a young entrepreneur and if you have, um, the luxury of potentially still being able to live at home or knowing that you have that fallback helps you to just be able to go all in and try it. And I think the other thing is if it doesn't, is just knowing that if it doesn't succeed, you will have learned so much. And that experience will take you on to whether it's the next business or your next uh, job, your, your, your career. Um, so I think knowing that helps you to just dive into it. And then your, the second piece of your question was, what was, sorry, what was it? Three pieces of advice. Yeah. Three pieces of advice that people need to know when going into the industry. I mean, the first one that comes to mind is just work really hard and know that hard work will always pay off. And, you know, you meet a lot of people throughout your career. And when people know that you're a hard worker and that you put everything you have into it, it goes such a long way and you never know how that's going to come back one day. The second piece of advice is if you're growing a team or you're part of a team is just really being very diligent of how you put that team together. Like this is more, I think if, sorry, you're asking for people that are starting businesses, correct? So it's an entrepreneur, you know, I've heard this piece of advice over and over again, and I never listened to it until recently. And it's made such a big difference. And I would say hire slow, fire fast, and hopefully by hiring slow, you don't have to fire. And, um, so really taking the time to, you know, maybe have a couple interviews, see if there's someone else that can interview and getting their feedback and definitely call references. Like I didn't do that for a long time. You know, it's like you get so excited if you meet someone and you connect with them, but you know, check their references out because it it can be very costly if you keep, if you have a high employee turnover rate. And then the third piece is, you know, passion, just having passion for what what you're doing and always leaning into that. And there's going to be hard times Absolutely. And there's going to be times that you're going to want to give up. But if you have the passion for what you're doing, you'll be way less likely to to give up and, and try something else. So I think just really have that connection with why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, that was beautifully said. I just want to thank you so much for your time today. Um, it was great chatting with you. And I'm so glad that everyone could hear your journey and hopefully get inspired by all the successful businesses that you've created thus far. Oh, thank you so much, Savannah. I really appreciate it. I'm not usually like, I like to, you know, get on my computer and work. I'm not necessarily uh, great at articulating, but I really hope that I was able to to help anyone out or inspire them to build their own business because it has so many exciting times and um, it can be daunting, but I really encourage it. And that was Cleo. Make sure to check out her Instagram at Cleo de la Lave to see her day-to-day as a successful female entrepreneur. Thank you so much for listening, and please let me know what kind of guests you want to hear from next. See you next week.